to me. Live from McGillicuddy's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Kids, parents, grandparents, everybody, it's time for shots, and we've brought along Malort's cousin. Why don't you tell us about him? Uh, some Tattersall Fernet, actually. Um, it's the uh, part of the signature cocktail, the Zellberg, as we are wont to uh, drink. Um, You're just Johnny Cash in one piece at a time, a Zellberg. Yeah, with each of our I, I think I am, yeah. Listen, you, keep listening. I'll give you the entire rest of the recipe. Um, most of the recipe is just simple syrup, so <laughs> okay. should be good. You should be fine. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's take this shot of Fernet that I smuggled into McGillicuddy's here. Here is uh, to the Minnesota United season. This is the kickoff. Yes, let's do it. Ooh, that's not as um, not as Bernie as uh, Malort. Yeah, I can't feel the burn as much. You can taste the Zellberg in there. You can definitely. You can, there's real pieces of Zellberg in there. It's if you a little. Taste it's a little like it's earthier than the Malort, but also not as bitter. So that's Fernet. And uh, if you ever come to my house, I have a gigantic ass bottle of uh, Fernet, so I can always make a Zellberg for for you know people come over. So the only person in the world to have a gigantic bottle of it. Me and the Nomad. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, all right, it's uh, it's Thursday or it's Wednesday actually technically, and uh, we got uh, we got a Minnesota game coming up. Are you excited? You're gonna be you're actually uh, in Phoenix right now, aren't you? Yes, all of this is happening remotely. Um, McGillicuddy's St. Paul is actually um, a sort a, of a sister of McGillicuddy's in in Phoenix. We're at sister bars us. right yeah, now. We're at sister yeah. bars. So. Um, the editing is so good on this, and this, <laughs> the internet connections at both of our uh, places are are so crisp. That this is all just happening. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. How's, how's Phoenix? It's real hot down here, probably. <laughs> uh, definitely yeah. hot, dry, a lot of cactuses. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Phoenix. So, yeah. um, I mean, if, if New Jersey is the armpit and uh, Jacksonville, Orlando is the taint, then Phoenix is probably the butthole of America. Yeah, the dry, dusty butthole. It's the yeah. dry. It's, or it's like that, that little spot like just above your butthole where like you get like the lint from your underwear and stuff now that we've lost most of the <laughs> listenership this is this is great banter great stuff and thanks for uh thanks for tuning in i am definitely in phoenix right now this was not recorded ahead of time um and from phoenix we want to talk uh we've, we've got two main things to accomplish here okay so let's let's get on task we got to focus right. man we're like probably 17 minutes into this podcast yeah. now we got to focus. Okay, so we got two things we want to accomplish this week. We want to preview the Portland game. It is not only the first game of our MLS lives, it is the first game of the season. All eyes on us, national TV audience. Uh, we're going to be in Portland. Thank God they're not going to have to see TCF field to kick off the season because then we lose all those prospective MLS people following. Sorry. You know, yeah. so. so um, absolute. We're going to we're going to kick off uh, uh, with that game uh, and analysis. And later on, we're going to move into sort of a Minnesota United season preview. We're going to look at what happened in the preseason. We're going to look at what we expect from the lineups. We're going to look at what we think, you know, who are our team MVPs? What's one weird thing that's going to happen this year? And we're going to roll out the carpet for a wonderful season. I hope as we keep recording this podcast, occasionally we sit down and have something positive to say to each other. But before we know that we won't, 
we can start hopeful. Yeah, we can say we can say some positive stuff before then. So Absolutely. just make sure we have at least something positive to say. Sure, sure. So let's dive right into it. Let's do the stuff, okay? That's what people come here for, right. critical analysis. Uh, and let's start talking about Portland. Interestingly, we talked about Portland not that long ago because we had a preseason game against them. Right. Yep. And frankly, not a ton has changed since then. So, but, you know, rather than just, you know, copying and pasting our conversation before and just editing it in here as if it were fresh analysis... Let's give you something good. So, so I want to start with this, uh, Mr. Zeller, Mr. Zellberg, which yes. you should have actually just changed your name. Yeah, to that. We, we, sh- we thought about it, and it's you know how really fucking hard it is to change your name yes. on everything. Yeah, because Julia did it. Julia did it. Yeah. yeah, which is why I was like, I wasn't gonna make Anna do it, um, but I was like, I also don't want to do that. So like, just let's keep our own names, and we'll just have that sort of portmanteau that we use colloquially, which is why. People would now refer to us as Zellbergs, which is awesome. It's perfect. Anyways, you were saying. I, well, I was about to hand it over to you. I, I want to know with Portland, who's good? What are we going to see from them? Uh, let's start there. Um, well, obviously, we saw Portland um, a couple weeks ago in the Portland Simple Invitational um, when they rolled out, as we mentioned uh, earlier this week on the Western Conference preview, they rolled out their starting 11 and like basically like rickrolled our uh, our our uh, reserves. Well, they, um, they, they didn't, they didn't pull out their starters until like the second half. And yeah. That's when they lit. Yeah. Like yeah. literally if like the last like 20 minutes, then they just, they bit up, basically lit up uh, Minnesota. Um, they're, as I mentioned before, like their attack is, is, I don't know. A, the, I keep saying dynamic, but it's a dynamic attack. Like when you have Diego Valeri, Fernando Adi, uh, Jonathan Nagby, um, that is, doesn't even include Blanco on the, on the right. Like that's a, that's a team that, um, can score they can score at will mm-hmm. so i think um what we're gonna see from portland is a, a high press um ridgewell and olam um are really good center backs and i think we'll be able to contain minnesota pretty well especially at home especially in front of the timbers army um i always think of the portlandia sketch the meow meow whatever the I don't know, people look up portland portlandia timbers sketch yeah. good stuff but this is a team that can press, and will press high, and um, will can really also really hit us on the counterattack too. So, which is what we saw in the second half of that uh, Portland Timbers Minnesota United game out in Portland. So, what do you have? Who do you who's good on Portland for you? Right, you said all the people. Yeah, yeah. you just read off their roster. Just, yeah, I, I looked at the formation. And I was like, yep, that's that's all it. these players. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing as I reflect on the preseason game, first of all, um, preseason games are notorious for not being perfect indicators of what's what you're going to end up seeing. Obviously, everybody gets their jollies about writing their think piece about what preseason games really mean. I got mine in there, too. Um, That said, this is maybe even particularly a game from which we can learn nothing because uh, Minnesota used an extremely experimental lineup to roll out there. Different guys up top, different tactics and a different formations, you know, underneath those tactics. Uh, Portland started with a bunch of reserves and moved toward their starters in the second half as we did the opposite. We started off with our with some of our best guys. Made a lot of changes. Uh, yeah, we, we it, the t- it was not there was not many. I think I I can remember who started for that Portland match, but I think maybe well, one or two players who actually will be in the starting eleven on uh, Friday actually started in that Portland game, and they only brought a they, and and Heath brought. You're right, hundred percent. He was very experimental, which is good to me because they scored a goal, like. Everything that Heath has done so far this year, and this is delving a little bit into Minnesota, is that regardless of, of how he started, and we've like shipped a lot of goals to teams, it's they've been successful in, in the attack, and so that mean I mean that speaks well. So I, I apologize for, for 
No, you son of a bitch. Um, no, you know, I think you know. Th- I think they did. St- they had some starters, but they played way out of position. That uh, is makes one more of, yeah. one of the things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, or out of out of what I think we're going to eventually see their position to be. So, I think there's especially very little to learn uh, from that game. Um, so yes, uh, on Portland, obviously, you talked about the wings, Sebastian Blanco on one side, Darlington Nagby, who I have talked about him, is characterized as a winger. He is a winger. But his talent, I believe, is less in traditional winger spots. It's less in finding the space between, say, the left back and the the center back. Um, in his case, um, well, I guess it'd be the right back and the center yeah. back um, flipping the the side there. Um, he's less about exploiting that space. He's less about burning a guy down the field and then sending in a cross, beating a guy to the to the uh, uh, end line. And more, he's positioned as a winger, but he can do some of the things that like a number eight can do. He can connect different parts of the field. Um, he's he's a physical, he's an incredible physical talent, mm-hmm. uh, and and he could do some crazy things on the ball when he's got it. But I, I think it's unfair to say is he doing the things that a winger does. And if you look at his statistics last year, the the fantasy statistics, you know, go people think he should score more goals. He he probably should. He scored like one goal last year. He should probably score some more goals. Um, uh, assist is the other obvious one, but I think he can do a thing where he pulls players' directions. He'll he'll do this weird thing where he'll drop back. Uh, further than you would expect a winger to to try and entice the defenses to move forward and leave a gap for maybe an overlapping run from a fullback or even a guy like Diego Chara or something. To, to, I mean, that's a creative thing he does. It's not atypical winger stuff. Yeah. Important. The, the thing about Portland, too, is that um, Sebastian Blanco and Nagby will do that with each other, too. It's kind of what you see with Minnesota United when they played with uh, Ibarra and um, Molino on the wings is that they would – one would drop deep, they would invert so that they would be in the other position, and I think the Portland, that attacking front for Portland is so, like, well-tuned that they understand what the other person is doing before they even are doing it. And so Blanco will drop deep, and Nagby will bomb forward, vice versa, and gives them a lot more versatility in terms of, like, how they get, like, how they repossess the ball and how they get it going, you know, on on the counterattack, so... Okay, so you know we we talk about what Portland does well, and they do they can do a lot of things well. I think. Um, so, what are their opportunities that Minnesota can exploit? What are they maybe less good at, uh, and Minnesota can tactically try to take advantage? Um, well, I mean, <clears throat> I think their back line, obviously. Like we've been talking about all these attacking players, <clears throat> and even Diego Chara, who's a you know midfielder, but he's a he's a center mid. He's an attacking center mid. Um, Outside of Liam Ridgewell in the in the center back position, they it's the back line is suspect, and I think with the way that Minnesota will attack, um, I'm hoping that they um, go four three three on this pitch, and that they have um, three forwards and three attacking players. Whether that is, I mean, it's it's going to be Molino, um, Johan Venegas, and. Uh, Probably Ramirez, maybe Ibarra, maybe Kadri, but I think we need to really press, and I think that is where we can um, exploit uh, Portland. The problem is, is that that puts a lot of pressure on our back line um, to um, resist those counterattacks because there will be turnovers, there will be counterattacks. But I think if we press uh, and pre- pressure uh, Portland, I think we can actually um, maybe put some goals in. Sure, uh, um, fifty-three goals allowed last year. Nobody allowed more goals than that in the West. Yeah. So um, I don't think they've done enough to shore that opportunity up. I think particularly on the outsides, um, 
I ha- and we'll talk about Minnesota specifically uh, soon here, but um, we had talked. A- you and I have talked a lot about Minnesota keeping the attack narrow. I, I thought that was maybe their preferred uh, approach, but I've- as I've watched the preseason games, I haven't seen a penchant for doing that. I, I think they haven't minded getting out on the wings, and if that's the style that they're going to play. Portland might be a, a decent team with which to use that kind of approach because I think they have more opportunities out wide than they do centrally. I think they'll plug plug holes centrally more often than outside. Yeah, I mean, I think out wide, but not... I mean, if they're attacking out wide, it's going to be attacking out wide and then cutting in, not, like, crossing ball, like crossing balls into the box, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, we talked about before, it's like, it's not so much like working inside. It's, that, it's like the spine of that team of Minnesota United is good and we do have some really great options on the wings that but I think again those options on the wings are not going to be people who are you know like I don't I love Miguel Ibarra I don't trust Miguel Ibarra to cross the ball into the box and that any of our players will be able to get on that ball and head it in we're gonna have to work in and we're gonna have to uh, create some opportunity by cutting in and I think you're right there I think I think Minnesota is well positioned to do that you know in this game and throughout the season sure um yeah, you know, I'd say I agree with that. Um, I don't think four three three is the answer here. If we're going to try to exploit it, uh, if for no other reason, that I don't think I don't think it's our best formation. Um, I think that even if it in a in, in a sort of theoretical universe is the best formation for Portland, and I'm not saying it is or isn't. Um, I don't think it's our best formation. I think we've we've seen us trot out. I mean, depending on calling a lineup a thing is always very relative because people shift and they, they do things. But I, I you know I, I tend to think of it as a four one four one as I've seen them play. Um, at me on Twitter if you want to fight about that. Let's no. I mean, I, I 100% agree. I, I hope that's what they are playing. But I think I, that's what we're going to try to. I don't know if that's what Heath wants to play, in terms of like who he puts out on, on the starting lineup. I mean, the formation is only basically like when you're looking at it, who is on the starting lineup and where like where do we envision that person being? Obviously, with Minnesota, we have a lot of uh, options on up front to mm-hmm. attack, and I think there'll be there's going to be a lot of fluidity there in terms of like. You know, switching switching spots, switching positions, um, how they are moving up and down the field. But I think, I mean, I would agree with you. I want this team to play a four-one-four-one. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. Also, I'm not 100 percent sure that uh, Christian Ramirez does well enough up top by himself. I mean, unless you have someone else besides Ramirez up top there, he does a lot of really good things, um, taking balls down and attacking defenders. Like one on one, like right at the top of the box, is not one of the things that he does well. He doesn't mean he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do. He's not exquisite at it. He's not. He's bad, but it's just you know, he. I think he needs another partner up top to strike with him. Well, um, and, and so I, you know, I want, I don't want to leave Portland too much because we'll, we'll talk about Minnesota tactically a lot. But so, do you? Th- so against Portland, thinking about the guys they have in the middle there, do you think it's Ramirez to start, and do you think that? Um, what do you think Ramirez needs to do to be successful in there? What does Minnesota need to do to make him successful? Um, I think it's Ramirez up top. I think probably, honestly, I think it's Ramirez and uh, Molino, sort of Molino probably more in the sort of in that like four two like a four two three one is probably what I think Minnesota will play um, with Molino pushing forward to help out. 
Ramirez and maybe sniping a goal or two um, because of Ramirez's ability. Like so amazing, Molino starting out wide and coming more starting out wide, coming more centrally. Um, I mean, we've seen Ramirez the way Ramirez can pass the ball. Like the guy has like a, a Rubio esque tack for or a knack for. It's a very Minnesota reference. Yeah, yeah. for finding, for, but for finding people who are wide open and like can just bury a ball. And Molino, I think, will benefit from that a lot this year. And so I think it's probably there'll be a more traditional, like I said, four two three one, but with Molino sort of gravitating forward um, to help play off of Ramirez. And I think that's kind of what. I would hope to see. I think that's what we'll probably see. So, okay. So, what I think we're going to see, <laughs> the uh, correct opinion, if you will, is I think when you think about Blanco and, and Nagby on the wings, I think those are guys that are, you know, obviously they're wingers. Uh, I, I think they get up high, and I think that they leave space. I'm, like, totally gesticulating it, uh, Dave, right yeah. here in the sound booth. I, I appreciate <laughs> I it. I look like a monster. Right <laughs> no, I don't right. know why I'm making so many hand gestures. It's a podcast. Um, I, see, uh, I see that they're going to get up high. And they're going to leave space behind them, with uh, uh, which Minnesota can try to exploit and build their attacks wide more often than than centrally. Uh, and so I, I see us either choosing or simply being forced to make uh, our build from uh, from wide positions. Uh, I also think that that's probably Portland's biggest weaknesses is more out wide in defense. So I think that in general, whether you say we're going to do well, do poorly, I think that a lot of the buildup is going to happen wide for both teams. Um, I think that our, you know, we talked about, are we going to be a, a team that sends our fullbacks forward because we've, you know, we, we had thought maybe Venegas, um, Justin Davis on the other side, we thought those are guys that, that can get forward that have done so historically. I think we're going to see a little bit less of that because I think the action from the wingers on Portland are going to have to kind of force them to stay home. So I think our more wide midfielders are going to end up being release valves when we do get the ball back, a little counterattacking. They're going to have to do so out wide, and then we're going to have to you know charge up the pitch and move more centrally. But I think you're going to see, if you're looking at a heat map, it's going to be real hot on the edges and um, maybe less so in the middle. So. You know my dream formation against Portland is? Like dream, like it's gonna be the most bizarre. Like my masturbatory uh, dream about like oh, an actual, kind of an actual like formation against Portland. Is it a four three three? It's a three five two. Three five. Because you just want chaos, is what you. I I think. Listen, we need to score goals. We're gonna give up goals, and I think we're, we will not. We won't give up any more goals with a four three three or four two one four two three one uh, than we would with the three, five, two. And you're right. We can definitely attack the wings and we can attack up the, up the flanks and moving Davis, moving Justin Davis out of that defensive role and just basically giving him saying bomb forward, play some defense when you can in the midfield, but you have, you are given full license to like make overlapping runs. You do that. Just replace Davis with the, one of our midfield attacking (sighs) options. We've got plenty. Yeah. I mean that's that's the other thing too is like we definitely could do that like mm-hmm. I think Demidoff, uh, Calvo, and Coleman like on the back line and no we just we just signed a fascinating oh uh, Tyson yeah 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 Tyson yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I, I I hold a candle for Brent Coleman that is goes without saying but um, I don't know if he the the Swiss the Swiss Mister will be uh, the Swiss Mister will be uh, quite fit for the first game but um, I mean yeah like, honestly like. My dream lineup for Minnesota United is three on the back and figure out the rest in the front because we have way more attacking options than we have defensive options. We'll get to that in a second, though. Um, all right, so what else we got on uh, Portland, Minnesota? Do we have to make some predictions, or are we going to 
I, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna have predictions for all the teams, but yeah, let's give give me your prediction for for this particular game. All right, I think it is a. Um, I wrote down a prediction. I'm actually gonna change that prediction. <laughs> um, I think this is the this is the, is this the first MLS game of the year. It is the very first. Okay, I think it's a high scoring affair. Um, I think Portland wins three to two. Three to two. Three to two. I think you're giving a lot of credit to um, Minnesota with what's going to happen here. I've got us. I've got us two to nothing. Portland. I, I don't see us. Uh, I don't see us getting in there. Boo I see, I see hiss. Them, Boo I see hiss. I mean, I, I predicted Portland to win as well. So <laughs> I, I see. I see Portland dominating possession and, and us only relying on counterattacking uh, options. And I don't. You know, I don't think any of them are going to pan out. I'm sorry. You don't, you don't think the 150 uh, dark clouds TNE supporter group people is going to affect the outcome at all? They're going to make the the United players feel very good as they walk off. <laughs> Field with their heads on. Um, that's what I see. All right, I hate to be that guy. That's fair. That's okay. fair. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on from that, and I will move on to the the segment that everybody loves. Say what's in this drink? What's in that drink? Thank you for playing the female voice on there. Um, what's in that drink? Um, I am drinking uh from the depths of the McGillicuddy's uh cooler. Yeah. Uh, Oma Gang Wit Wheat Ale. 5.2% alcohol, um, best served at uh, 5 degrees uh, Celsius. From Cooperstown, New York. Uh, home Have of you the ever had that stuff at a different temperature than 5 degrees Celsius? Shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's getting a little bit warmer now, so it's getting worse by the by the drink. Because this analysis yeah. is heating up. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you got? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking uh, Stella Artois out of a dark clouds glass. Yeah. Uh, the way they have they have dark clouds glasses at uh, McGillicuddy's. Yeah, they do. Weird. Yeah, it's amazing. That's... Yeah, so uh, McGillicuddy's is kind of a weird place. They've only they only had like probably six beers and and they were all in the fridge and it was all just like a <laughs> random assortment. It was of stuff ra- they it was had. pretty random. Like there was a Corona Light in there. I saw. And yeah. Not a lot of them, but some. Yeah. It was yeah. Very. It was, it was odd. Yeah. It's a great bar. They but, didn't have uh, hams, which I was really upset about because yeah, I McGillicuddy love hams. McGillicuddy says a lot about hams. They uh, they have strong opinions about hams. So. I mean, it's the St. Paul bar. I think every by law, every St. Paul bar should have hams in it, and it should be no more than two dollars for a pint. But that's just me. Well, of course, you're just. I'm a an, big I'm an, old, I'm an old man advocate for big government. Yeah, I'm an old man who believes in censoring and yeah, all that fun stuff. All right, sorry. Moving good, on. Good grown-up analysis yeah. there. Uh, it's time now for our feud of the week. This, uh, you know, typically we've had a couple of special episodes released recently where we looked at the West, we looked at the East, we previewed them. It's back to basics now. We're going to talk about another podcast whom we hate this week. It's MLS Extra Time Radio. Good lord, guys, snooze. <laughs> so boring. Here's what I hate about Extra Time Radio, and you guys are listening right now. I know you're listening. Let's go, Weeby. Bring it, please. Interviews oh. are boring as hell. First oh, of all, like, Weeby. Anytime I, somebody... I was like, extra time radio. I played pickup soccer with Weeby last weekend. Well, good. He's then... a very nice guy. Too, too bad his interviews. Interviews are terrible. Interviews are so boring. They, they just spend thirty minutes with somebody you like tangentially might have heard of, you know, and they talk about stuff you don't give a shit about. Yeah. No interviews here. Nobody's coming on. <laughs> no this one's podcast. talking to us. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He, but he's. To be fair, he's a very nice guy, but. Mostly, fuck extra time radio. Absolutely, yeah. Um, do something interesting. Funny enough, I'm actually going on another podcast. I don't even know the name really? of it. Yeah, it's based hmm. in Wisconsin. I'm yeah. They're calling me to interview me uh, on Sunday. Uh, Why? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. Mostly, I think 
uh, Notch uh, just recommended Threw to me. Mo- mostly, yeah, mostly probably as a punishment uh, for making fun of his podcast. Uh, but yeah, also Colin. To be fair, with we call it soccer. Colin is actually an Arsenal fan and not a Chelsea fan. I call him a Chelsea fan, and I apologize for that. But still, if fuck, you go to if you go fuck to, you, Colin. If you go to davesiknow.com, there's a corrections page on there. We'll there is not a corrections page. <laughs> we should actually create a corrections page and just like not Copy ever not articles. ever have any corrections on it. Like no. just random. Like we're a, perfect. Yeah, we're, we yeah we don't make any mistakes. Um, okay, this so, has been us making fun of Extra Time Radio, <laughs> brought to you by. We love you, Andrew Weeby. <laughs> He listens. Everybody listens. <laughs> Let's move on to another important feature. Uh, this week, it's going to be the Scouser Half Minute. Uh, each week, we, re- we review what the hell is happening in the Liverpool world. Um, now, Let's talk about Liverpool right now because they, yes. are on a, they are on a goddamn roll. They beat the shit out of Tottenham, yep. and they just rolled Leicester City 4 to nothing. Rolled them, absolutely. In, yeah, at Leicester. That's amazing. Uh, Claudio Ranieri out, obviously, as manager. And we just Klopp came in and just put the boot down on Klopped Leicester them. City. Yeah, clopped them. That's a, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, now this is the benefit of recording podcasts right as the action is happening, is because you get to have all this insight to look back on. If you record podcasts way ahead of time, you start making bold Absol- predictions that yeah. never pan out. I mean, Firmino's brace, brilliant. That yeah. Mane, that Mane assist to Lovana, gorgeous. Those were great. And that was all like in like the first like twenty minutes of the game. Probably. And and you know. Then we just, you know, we sat and just, you know, beat the hell out of uh, Leicester, and now we're, you know, back in the back in the race. Not re- not probably for the title, but you know, we could finish second or third, I think. So, yeah. what do you think? What did you think of the Leicester City Liverpool match? I mean, it was it's a, it was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked uh, some of the moments that I saw. There were other moments I didn't like quite as much, but uh, mostly the moments were good. Um, that game that I definitely watched, and that definitely isn't taking place in the future. Uh, excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean the I watched it at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings uh, with there's actually there's actually a bunch of Liverpool fans who come to Buffalo Wild Wings now, and we all like and we, and we don't we talk to each other outside of like watching soccer matches, wow. and they're always there for soccer matches. So like I take a, I knock off work a little earlier, I go take a long lunch, go watch soccer matches with these dudes. Um, I don't know their names, but they're really cool guys. So if you ever want to come watch a soccer match at Buffalo Wild Wings, I'll probably be there on a Monday or a Friday afternoon. So, yeah. that's, no, that sounds uh, – yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings sounds like the appropriate place to watch a Liverpool game. Listen, you can get any soccer match at Buffalo Wild Wings. Any soccer match. Any Buffalo Wings you are in the country. Can you get have... any other food than Buffalo Wild Wings food, though? That's – See, yeah, there, the problem, there, therein lies the rub. Pros and yeah, cons. You can rub, yeah. You yeah, can. Yeah. Um, okay, none of this was good. Uh, I know. I seriously, it pro- is tough to talk about a team that hasn't played in a couple of weeks. <laughs> the problem is, I go to Buffalo Wings a lot, too much actually, because uh, right before Christmas, I was there watching soccer, and the manager came over and gave me a free bottle of uh, sauce. Because they, they sell that. They sell the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce. He's like, Which, what, what sauce do you like? I was like, well, I like the Parmesan garlic. That's, you know, I like that one. And comes over and he gives me a bottle. And he's like, oh, you come in all the time. This is, <laughs> thanks for coming in all the time. When they sing, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, they shouldn't be talking about a <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Buddy. Listen, I walk in. Anytime I walk in, they will they like will change the, the big TV to soccer. <laughs> and that's before I even ask. They're oh like, they God. know that I'm coming in to watch that even if i come in like on like a you know like a tuesday evening at seven they're like oh is there soccer on i'm like no i just came in to get a beer 
So, well, I have, I have, I have, I'm a regular at several places. Which probably says more about me than I want anybody else to know. But yeah. there you go. Yeah, all of this will be edited out so that you can retain some uh, dignity here. <laughs> no, it's fine. Keep it in. Keep it in. Keep all it right. in. Um, that's what all the ladies say to uh, Mr. Zeller. So let's move uh, on. Yeah. yeah, my wife. I've got to. I've got to keep more us on ladies. track here. Oh my goodness, I got to keep us on track here. Um, we are going to return to a feature which we haven't actually tapped into yet because the season hasn't started. But we're going to starts on Friday. We're going to tap, tap, tap right now. So every week we're going to make picks. Each game that's going to happen before our next podcast comes out, we're going to have a big old spreadsheet of our picks. We're going to uh, keep track of who's doing well and who's doing poorly. But between you and me, nobody, you guys don't get to play. Listeners, don't even bother. You can tweet at us your, your uh, predictions, but we don't. Yeah, tweet, tweet us your so, predictions. Yeah, yeah. We're going to delete that. Can you delete other people's tweets? I don't know. You can, just um, mute. You can mute. Tweet us. We'll, mute we'll, just the, yeah. mute, we'll just mute the shit out of you. That'll be good. So we're going to see who is the better soccer prognosticator, and at the end of the year, we're going to make the other person do something. I said I was going to make you dance naked in the streets, but after all the Buffalo Wild Wings you've been consuming, not everybody wants to see that. I don't think anybody wants. I mean, I'll need to, I'm planning on hitting the gym, and basically most of the season is, of course, over the summer, so I will actually ride my bike all the time. So actually, so I'll, Buffalo I'll probably, Wild Wings, yeah. Yeah, I'll probably Cancels actually, itself out. <laughs> I will actually probably be relatively fit by the end of the season. So oh, we'll right, yeah. If you ever see anybody biking home with, like, <laughs> sauce all over his face, then you know who that is. <laughs> Um, so Pixar didn't happen. We're going to review each. Uh, so why don't we do this? We didn't talk about format. We don't like to prepare here. We're going to take it match by match. I want you to tell me what your pick was. I'll tell you what my pick was. We'll go match by match back and forth. Sounds good. Um, does that sound all right? Sounds good. Okay, so starting out, you've already made your prediction, but I want you to remind us Portland v. Uh, the Man- the Minnesota Uniteds. 3-2 uh, to Portland. 3-2 to Portland. I've got 2-0 to Portland. Yeah. Portland's going to How are we going to – so is it if, if – because I predicted Portland win, and you also predicted Portland win – are we gonna like keep track based on just if it's the winner or like are just we the also winner. doing okay so win I, loss draw? That's okay. I mean, I'm not. I, trust me, we've we spent way too much effort if we tar- start talking about goals. Fair the enough. goals are just for the podcast. Right. Yeah, a uh, little behind the scenes look at how Dave, <laughs> Dave's I know does their planning. Yeah, the um, intern fucking the fucking intern didn't do this properly. He's not so. good. Um, yeah, stupid Dave. T- tell us about uh, Columbus versus Chicago. Um, I'm a little higher on Columbus, obviously, and I think Chicago is a goddamn tire fire. Two to one uh, to Columbus. I told you uh, definitively that Chicago would finish in fourth. The correct prediction, <laughs> which is that's 100 wrong. <laughs> that said, I've got Columbus and Chicago drawing two to two. Two. There's not like a third team. Two goals okay. against two goals. Uh, that'd be uh, three team games, like multi-ball. That'd be fucking amazing. It'd be great. All right, MLS, get on that shit. Uh, the uh, Los Angeles Galacticos versus uh, Debbie Does FC Dallas. What do you got? Um, in LA, I think LA finishes uh, well, and they win two to one. I've got an on the road upset here. Upset alert! We need a, like a sound effect. You have a lot that. of upsets. Shut by up! The way. Shut up! You're upsetting. Um, I've got uh, Dallas beating LA Galaxy three to one, putting the uh, pound mm. town on them. Yeah. Interesting. Is that a phrase that kids say? Put the pound, pound town. Pound town. Yes, that is. Is it definitely something that kids say? Okay. I'm, I'm as the older of the two, that is definitely something the kids say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have kids. I don't have actually kids. So maybe. Well, I've got three-year-olds. They, they don't say pound <laughs> My, town. I gotta, I'm going to teach your kids how to say pound town. Oh, God. <laughs> um, next time they stop at a McGillicuddy's. Um, the Real Salt Lakes versus the Toronto FCs. What do you got? I got uh, Toronto uh, going on the road and winning 2-1 to one in Rio Tinto. Similarly, I have Toronto winning 2 to nothing. I don't even think the uh, Salt Lakes pull anything out. That's fine. Except their dicks. Um, we've got they the, they're, they're Mormons, so they probably don't actually pull out their dicks. That's fair. Or that's they put fair. it through a sheet. I don't even know what that There's means. They, uh, they cut holes in sheets and then they fuck through sheets. 
all of this is getting edited <laughs> out, I hope. Uh, I, almost, I almost called this team uh, Columbia. That's not who it is. This would be Colorado versus the, the, New England. The Rapids and who the Reds. Ha- who do you have in the uh, Colorados versus the New England? I have a very boring 0-0 draw. <laughs> that's funny because that's exactly what I have as well. <laughs> Not going to be a fun. I, I, I told you I was higher on New England than many people were uh, yeah. coming into this year. I think they're going to rebound from what they had last year. Neither of these teams can not score, a good and they both play really good defense. I think it's, yeah, it's 0 0. The kids, they get, we've got Kai Kamara. we got uh, your Diego Fagundes's. Um, your Teal Bunbury's maybe coming off the bench. I mean, yeah, this is not bad. They're just not doing it this week. No. What? In Colorado, no. I love that we made the same the same prediction. I'm disagreeing <laughs> with you somehow about it. Um, We've got the DC Uniteds versus the uh, the, um, Sporting, the SKCs. Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I know the team name. Thank you. Um, the SKCs. Who do you got? Uh, I think uh, Sporting begins their title run with a two-one win over DC United in uh, wherever the hell they play. RFK? Do they play in <laughs> RFK Stadium still? They're building a new stadium. I know that, but they play in some shithole stadium. <laughs> Sporting Kansas City wins two to one. Okay, good analysis. Uh, uh, I've got them at a one-on-one draw. Um, I think that these. I like sporting better in general, uh, but I think that um, on the road, they only pull out a one-to-one. So. Um, Houston versus Seattle. Uh, everybody knows from our last podcast episode, I've got a big old throbber for Seattle, but I want to hear what you've got. Uh, Houston is the worst team in the league, and wow. by a lot, and they will get the shit kicked out of them by Seattle, three to one. I've got Houston as the second worst team in the league. I've got Seattle as the best team in the league, and it's not <laughs> Clearly, even close. Yeah. I have got a blinding four to nothing win by Seattle on the road. No you don't less. think you don't think Kubo Torres gets a goal? Do, no, no. Okay, fair. No, enough. moving moving along. Yes, yes. Um, we've got the San Jose's versus the Montreal's. Who do you got? Um, I think Montreal can score a shit ton of goals. I think they will. I also think they will give up a lot of goals, which they also do. I think it's a 2-2 draw in San Jose. I generally agree that, that Montreal can score a ton of goals. Obviously, we know what San Jose's problems are. Um, but I I have a feeling on the road this is only a one-to-nothing one win by Montreal. Yeah, fair so, enough. But they'll get the win. Um, the Orlandos versus the New York City uh, Proppers. The New York City FCs. <laughs> New York City Proppers. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I think 3-2 to uh, so NYC. So the funnest game of the week is what you're saying. Probably, yeah. The 3-2 to NYCFC. I think, yeah, there's lots of goals. I think Kaká gets uh, probably a brace. I think Villa maybe gets a brace. Um, definitely gets a goal. The New York Yankees. Um, I've got generally I agree New York obviously has a formidable offense I've only got a, a, a one nothing win here on the road in uh, Orlando um, sorry Orlando Orlando gives up so many fucking goals man <laughs> not this week um, right. I've got Atlanta very first edition of the uh, Atlanta United's playing against the New York Red Bulls the Metros who do you got Red Bulls are going to the MLS Cup, and they're going to lose it to Sporting Kansas City. I think they boss the shit out of Atlanta in Atlanta. Uh, 2 nothing to the Red Bulls, and it's not even we, close. We finally have something interesting to talk about here because I have the exact the exact reverse scoreline. I've got Atlanta winning 2 to nothing. There's something to be said for an expansion team at home, first game. We've seen weirder things uh, where it just – it's just a magical moment. I don't, th- I, you know, if, if this were a mid-season game, I might even disagree, but I, 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 the magic. We talked about that the last episode. You know, <laughs> the, how, magic. the magic is gone from L.A., and it's going to just drain them. I, I wish fine. you could believe in magic. I mean, I understand. Like, there's probably going to be, like, 55, because they're playing that in the, uh, uh, the football stadium in, in Georgia, in um, Georgia Southern. Um, 
and there's gonna be like fifty five thousand people there. That's just great, but it's like how many it's still people actually there, like still... understand how soccer works. So they don't. Well, I, do, I do not understand how soccer works. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I still think Red Bulls uh, run rough roughshod over Atlanta. Oofda. All right, um, let's talk about the the final game of the week: uh, Vancouver versus Philly. Who do you got? Um, I have the Whitecaps winning two to one, which is weird. I have like only one, two, three. I only have four of the uh, home teams winning this week. Um, but I have uh, Philly is not great. I think they're much more improved than last year, but they're not a good the team. Gooch. Yeah, with, with the Gooch, in spite of the Gooch, I think they win 2-1 to one, uh, Vancouver. That, and again, I'm, I'm just counter-arguing. Oh. I've, I've got the exact same score. So. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Vancouver's going to win this 2-1. to one. Uh, Huge additions. Uh, we talked about them in the last episode with um, Freddie Montero coming over from... Uh, I imagine he's going to come over with, like, gold body parts because he played, you know, in China. You got, he, he took that big China money. And now he's gone, but right. uh, I imagine he's gonna just have nothing but chains and stacks of cash uh, when he comes over. Stacks and stacks. Stacks, yeah. Of uh, what it, yuan or whatever the Chinese use. Uh, it's, yeah, it's yuan. Yeah. Okay. International uh, game, international <laughs> podcast here. So let's let's put all that to bed. You're gonna be able to find that on davesiknow.com. You'll be able to see what the heck is going on there. We're gonna keep track. We're gonna keep you updated on who is the smarter of the two Daves. I don't think there's any question it's, about it's it. Dave. It's Dave. Dave is clearly Dave smart. Is Neither of us go by Dave. Dave. So, and I, we all both go by David. So <laughs> aggregate, yeah, we're both stupid. Dave's yeah. are, are clearly smarter. So we made a lot of predictions. We predicted a lot of stuff. All of it was correct, naturally, um, somehow. And, and the um, Star Trek like rebooted timeline. One yeah. of us is right, one of multiple us is wrong. Multiple universes. Yeah, multiple yeah. universes, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to get into the good stuff, the stuff that people waited patiently through everything that just happened to get to the Minnesota United uh, season preview. We're going to not so much talk specifically about Portland. We previewed that a little bit more from a Portland standpoint. Um, we're going to talk about what are the lineups that we think we're going to see, uh, you know, who is going to stand out on the team, what are some off-the-wall predictions that we see. Um, this is your place to figure out what's going to happen this year with Minnesota United, and we're going to start off with kind of a lineup review. So. We'll go back and forth a little bit, but I want you to start bottom to top. Tell us about, t- tell us what formation and and who we're gonna see on opening. All right, what we will see and what I want to see are two completely different things. So I'm gonna talk about what I think we will see, what I think Adrian Heath wants to play, which is more of a four-two-three-one uh, formation. Um, obviously, and just sort of like going through the depth chart, Alboja is the uh he's the keeper um, that's the simplest part yeah it's yeah. a simple i mean bobby badminton is there um and he'll probably get a game or two here or there um patrick mclean diehard is i don't understand that acquisition uh alec farrell is the keeper of the future he'll probably get sent out um he's like dipping loan. dots yeah he's he had like 22 like clean sheets in his senior senior season or last year at wake forest which is awesome and i think he is like the keeper of the future i think alboja is probably here for two years waiting for feral um but i think feral is the keeper of the future um i don't know do you, you want to go back and forth on like the sort of i have nothing to, to, to the add. goalkeeper uh, thing i have okay. nothing to add i i already said i don't hate the shuttlecock uh edition mclean i'll say we didn't we didn't know we we're gonna wind up with shuttlecock when we took mclean this yeah probably yeah opinion, but uh, who cares we're talking backup goalkeepers That's nobody gives a fine. shit all right, so the back line, um, the four that I think will run out, um, the Jerome Thiessen, the uh, new the Swiss mister, the guy we just picked up. He's playing uh, right back. P- 
playing right back. Um, Demidoff, uh, who is captaining the team, which I think is great. Uh, Tiago Calvo um, and Justin Davis. Uh, and it's weird because I have a different back. I sort of backups to those. And I don't understand. I don't know exactly what they're going to do with Daviardi. I think he – I honestly I hope he actually gets loaned out and he can play some uh, midfield. Um, but I think yeah, right now he's, like, on the depth chart as probably – backing up either uh Thiessen or davis um they do have jermaine taylor who you love i know yeah, so I've much on, that, the, yeah. on the on the uh on the back line well, if, they, if they um if they if they take uh Viardi and, and stick him somewhere else then who is uh backing up justin davis probably jermaine taylor moving over to the other yeah, side moving to the other side yeah uh, kevin venegas needs to win back his starting spot um i i, I love viva uh, i love him a lot but i think um the Swiss, uh, the Swiss gentleman, um, probably Swiss takes mister. over the, the Swiss Mister. He takes over that starting spot, and I think, I mean, I think Venegas is probably up for the challenge. Sure. And I actually, I think Kevin Venegas might fit more as a, a like a defensive mid than an actual like uh, uh, fullback. I disagree with that a bunch. Okay, well, that's it's your turn to talk. I just, my, yeah. that's, that's fair. Um, and I think. You know, we have Greenspan and Coleman are going to be the the depth for the center backs. Um, I'm still I'm I'm leery of our uh, uh, defensive uh, depth. I don't sure. think we have a ton of defensive depth, at least a ton of like reliable defensive depth. Um, sure. We definitely have that uh, up top, but we definitely don't have that in the back line. Um, like I said, I I mean I love Colum Coleman. I think Joe Greenspan um, has been. He has obviously with his Navy duties has not been able to sort of acclimate to MLS the way he should. I think given some time he could develop into, I mean, the guy's like six, six or something like that. He's tall ass man. I think he could develop into a really good, like bruising uh, central mid or central defensive player. What do you think about the back line? I think Greenspan could be a, a, an NBA starter. I think if he plays well, <laughs> he could uh, earn that spot. No, I, I have the same starting back line. Um, running right to left there um i don't mind venegas backing up being the immediate backup at right back i wasn't as low on um venegas as i think some people were i think uh situational so so you start decent i don't think there's any doubt and you don't spell decent tactically you don't you don't take him out because you think venegas would be a good what like oh venegas is better for this team no i mean there's an obvious quality there um well that to be fair like you don't you shouldn't sub out anybody on your back line tactically. If, you, if you're subbing, if you're subbing, very important. If you're subbing out someone tactically, then you do not have a, a good back line. Basically, I don't think we have a great back line. But I, but 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 my point is, if he needs to spell him, I think you can change what you do tactically. I think you simply take a different approach to to help do best what Venegas can do best. More like a three, I, like, like three five two. God damn it, dude! <laughs> We're not doing a fee, three five two. This isn't a professional podcast. We've got <laughs> hundreds of listeners. We can't be talking three, five, two like kids. Uh, um, come on, man. So, so anyways, I, I don't mind it as much. I just think we'd have to change tactically. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, I've got the same guys backing up that you do there. Um, let's move to a much cloudier place, which is to say the midfield. Can I – one sec, though. Um, Fine. Tiago Calvo. I think this dude is going to make – the all-star team I mean, as much as an all-star team makes sense in MLS Tiago Calvo yeah okay he is a huge get for Minnesota um, he was being courted by multiple MLS teams 
uh, Costa Rican national team player. I think he is uh, going to be huge for Minnesota. And I definitely like we had a lot of um, a lot of questions marks on the on the back line, but between Demidoff and Calvo, like taking over the the central defender roles, I think will be pretty good on the back, all things considered. Right, so um, I, there's no doubt that Francisco Calvo is the oh, best shit. person. Sorry, yeah, no, I heard that. Uh, it's fine. No, I, I knew I knew what you were going for. Um, Tiago Calvano. That's yeah, yeah, who I was same Thinking name, of, which is not the same person. No, it's fine. Uh, God damn it, Francisco Calvo is no doubt the best guy on our back line. I agree with that. Is he all star caliber? Eh, I don't know. I, the weird thing about defense is that it operates so much as a unit that one person can only stand out oftentimes if they are kind of functioning as a unit. You know, even a great central back who doesn't have a great pairing isn't allowed to look like they shine you know, mm-hmm. even if it's not specifically their fault so so we'll we'll see on that i guess but yeah you got your word in calvo yeah, sorry real strong play francisco i apologize it's okay it's okay he's uh, uh he's listening and i'm sure he'll forgive you all right so what what is your what is your formation yeah i, I have really sh- yeah. i have a different kind of formation that probably than you do you're right so so i've got something that i similar to what i saw them play more than anything else in the preseason which is and, and again we've said this before the lineup in terms of a formation is really kind of a starting point. You end up tactically taking on a shifting, doing different things. So it's, it's really a starting point, but this is this has more to do with where they're actually going to function and play than where they're going to stand before the ball gets kicked. I see it as a 4-1-4-1. Uh, there's no doubt we have an obvious number six. We have an obvious D mid in Colin Warner. He's right there. Um, I, you know, I looked at other lineups. Somebody, you know, um, Dunord, who is a big listener of the podcast, probably he doesn't have time. For hey, Bruce. This shit. Um, Bruce he, you, know, you know, he I, I had questioned a lineup that he had, which had uh, Warner and Schuler alongside each other. I talked about them switching sides, but um, what I really meant by that was, you know, I think clearly the Warner's playing behind Schuler, and Schuler is gonna is gonna have more uh, opportunities playing on one side or the other once he's playing in front of him. Bruce called me out. Bruce at me. We'll we'll, we'll fight. Um, anyways, it's, it's a 4-1-4-1. I think that the, the fours on the outside of the midfield are absolute wingers that are going to play very, very high. Um, so that's, yeah, I'll stop. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I saw Bruce's uh, uh, lineup, and I think what we'll see when it terms like, when we, like whenever we figure out who the broadcaster is for Minnesota United Games uh, when they do the lineups and stuff, um, again, it's less than a week before the season opener, and they still haven't announced that. But Probably should have. Whatever. Uh, it's gonna be more of a four-two-three-one, and I think you're right. I think Warner and Schuler are in. They're in that midfield, um, and you're right. Warner, Colin Warner, um, big, like bruising defensive midfielder. Like that guy's gonna drop back a lot, stop a lot of shit. And um, Schuler's the more like versatile of the ones right. who will sort of help, like create the offense out of the back. So, so you've got two, and it's a four-two-three-one. But in, it, I mean, if Schuler's pushing forward, we're really splitting. It's hairs, basically yeah. You know? no, I think that's what they will probably play now. What do I want them to play? Oh. Completely different. Um, You're gonna say three-five-two. I'm gonna say three-five-two. Here's here's what I want. I want Warner, Schuler, and Saeed on the field at the same time. I want the three of those guys. Um, Who are you yanking in uh, to allow that? Uh, Justin Davis. Sorry, Justin Davis. Okay, okay, I get it. Um, that's what I—that'd be my like wet dream of a thing. Um, but you're right, Colin Warner will definitely—he's uh, going to be the enforcer. That's his—that's his primary goal mm-hmm. in in this offense. Um, uh, 
Uh, what else? I mean, so you, we're talking about the four-one-four-one. Yep. Who uh, who are your attacking your attacking players in that midfield? Not let's not talk about the strikers yet. Let's talk about the uh, just midfield players. Right, right. So uh, uh, midfielders, I've got Kevin Molino out on the right. I think Kevin Molino has done um, more than anybody in the preseason. I think he's our best player right now. Um, inserts himself into the game, finds the ball. By the way, Minnesota has been um, want to left to let their people drift a lot. People um, have have altered position. I mean, a starting formation is very relative, especially when you're talking about this team that's done a lot of shifting that's, throughout the game. That's Adrian Heath's offense, though. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, like it lets you, it gives you, it gives creativity, which is I think a really yeah. great, th- a really good thing. Yep, absolutely. And Molino is an example of that. Are you going to? Although I think you're going to see him stick to the right. Um, I talked about how it's a team uh, that has a strong spine. That I, I predicted they play more centrally. I think that in the preseason we've saw whether by choice or by circumstance, they are ending up pushing out wide more often than I thought they would or, or than would be preferable. But he does well. He, you know, hang, he, he can hang out on the touchline. He can cut in. He can do a lot of stuff. Kevin Molino is, is uh, he's great. Um, so, so, you know, we move in more toward the central midfield. Uh, I've got, um, I've got um, Schuler as uh, uh, starting on, on my particular lineup and uh, Johan Venegas. Johan Venegas, although I, I talk about it being, you know, 4-1-4-1 as if the two central midfielders are playing right alongside each other, that's not how it works, and certainly not with this team. There's going to be position swapping. There's going to be evolution in there. I see uh, Johan Venegas playing a little bit more centrally, almost playing high and maybe just a little bit behind the striker. Which which uh, is his preferred position. He was, absolutely. He, he was being played out of position in Montreal. hundred percent. And yep. when you watch him play with the Costa Rican national team, like the man, when he, cause he plays centrally, does amazing stuff. And you've already seen what he can do centrally mm-hmm. with Minnesota. So I totally, hundred percent agree with you there. Yep. And so do you want to call my position, my, uh, my lineup of four, one, three, two, whatever. Okay. You know, um, I, I don't call him a striker. I think he's going to be a little bit more box to box than somebody who's playing up in that uh, top row would be, but I see him playing higher than Schuler, and I see Schuler doing a little bit of distribution, a, a little bit behind him. Um, way out on the left, I see Kadri. I took some flack for saying that I thought Miguel would regularly spell Kadri. Uh, I still think he will. I thought Miguel had... I, so I think Kadri's probably the better player. He's probably shown better in preseason. Um, but I, I think Miguel does a different thing. I think he's obviously... He's a, he's an engine. Uh, he can do creative things with the ball. I, I think that um, tactically, depending on what we expect from a defense, I think he could regularly spell Kadri, but do a different kind of thing. Uh, we saw in the very first preseason game, he was positionless. Yeah. Uh, he was everywhere or anywhere and um when you need that i think he's probably better fit for it than Kadri is yeah i 100 percent agree with you there i think the those two complement each other well and that they each have different uh different styles. different things different styles different things that they do really well and so i think definitely based on um the team that we're playing and what we're trying to do offensively i can definitely see Kadri and ibarra switching switching spots um Obviously, I'm, I'm with you on Molino. Uh, you, my, I love Johan Venegas. I think Venegas is going to be a star for Minnesota United, um, especially given that he's playing now in the position that he cares about. Um, one person we haven't talked about at all um, is Josh Gatt, former U.S. Men's National Team player who's now playing with the Loons. He's obviously just come on to the team, so he's probably I think needs... we don't know enough to, we, to say... Well, you, you think he's going to tear out his or blow his ACL out. <laughs> You've mentioned that before. Um, but I think here's so here's the thing. Like we have a shit ton of attacking options, and so I think it's really honestly depends upon how we want to play a team. And I think 
that's one of the things that a lot of expansion teams haven't been able to do is dictate how you play. And I think Minnesota has the ability, has the the options, has the the you know the spine to dictate how we want to play a game. Do we want to push high? Do we want to like I said, God willing, that three five two we could force, we could we could push the we could push the pace of play. Mm-hmm. And I think the the players that we have, Molino, Ibarra, um, Gat, all can run. And, can run well and you know don't, we're not, we haven't talked about even Ramirez or Dunlady yet sure. like we could stretch the field and we could That's force true, pressure I've, so I've seen our, our passing is too if we can hold possession I think that might be true but we're, we're too sloppy at this point if we get to a point where we're a little crisper in uh, possession and passing I think that, that, that's true, but that's we're, we're not there. That's right. It is fair. The other, uh, the other very fair guy. <laughs> so the other two like sort of midfield uh, options that are interesting, and I'm, I'm interested to see how they develop, is uh, Tanner Thompson, the kid from Indiana that we just drafted. He's probably going out alone. And then Colin Martin, the kid from D.C. United that we, we sniped. Um, Amos McGee's former uh, team. Um, high, like highly rated Colin Martin as you know someone to look out for. And so he, I think he's definitely going to get he's going to get some looks, and whether that is, um, you know, in some you know MLS matches, maybe it's Open Cup, maybe it's out alone. Um, those two are young kids who I think are also building blocks. I mean, we're not a terribly old team. We're actually probably right around where I think we should be. I think it's like where our average age is like twenty five and a half or something like that, which is great. Um, but those guys I think are going to be interesting options for the for the future. And again, like I said, I'm. I don't know. We'll see. It's we have like four players for five positions, or five players for four positions, like who are starting caliber caliber MLS players. So well, I, I, and I think you keep folks like um, Colin Warner. Um, I'm sorry, um, Colin Martin, for instance, as a backup. I don't think you loan Colin him Martin with but. with En so definitely spells his name. We wrong. have two Collins on the team, and that's real. Colin Colin Warner is is an In and two Ls. Colin Martin two Ls En. They both spell their name wrong. Well, my, yeah, my opinion of the name Colin <laughs> and people who are named Colin is pretty well documented at this All point. All right, Collins, you're you're on you're on watch. You're on watch. Um, yeah, okay. We've talked midfielders. Let's talk to the good stuff. Let's talk uh, the business end of the field. Um, who do you have? Whom do you have uh, up top? Are you um, going to give us your two and your stupid imaginary <laughs> three five two thing? Or are you going to give us the real just one? I'll I'll know. give you the one. It's it's going to be Ramirez uh, in in the two. If it's if it's a three five two in my dream what what dream scenario, uh, it's Ramirez and Venegas up top. Okay. Um, I think Dunlady he Dunlady will get some will get some playing time, super especially sub. super sub. Um, I think he'll you know probably towards the end of the year he'll get some starts. Ramirez is a is a proven commodity at least at the NASL. I think until he proves that he can't handle MLS, he will be the uh, de facto striker on this team. Um, we had Femi Hollinger Jansen in for a little bit. I don't think he actually was ever going to con- like compete for time, which is probably why we s- sent him back to New England. Although what we got for him is weird, and we talked about that earlier. We're talking about it. it's weird. Zanlotti <laughs> uh, is probably the uh, striker of the future on this team. Um, but again, if we also, I could also envision this team playing like a four-four-two, where we have Ramirez, even Ramirez and Zanlotti on the field at the same time. Or Ramirez and Venegas um, up top, but I think Christian. A b- bold prediction: I think Christian scores twelve goals. Okay, in MLS. That's, that's a great. That's a great uh, prediction. I so first of all, I, I don't think a four-four-two is ever in our future. We're always going to play with a defensive midfielder, yeah. and I think that we probably should. Uh, I've got. I've already said four-one-four-one. 
or a 4-1-3-2, depending on how you want to count Johan Venegas. But, um, I, you know, I see it being Christian up top. Um, Dunlady as uh, a sub to try and make something happen on those games. And there will be a few where we are behind late. Um, imagine that. So uh, I think Christian obviously has more experience, if not at MLS, just uh, simply playing competitive professional soccer. I've liked what I've seen in preseason. I, you know, he hasn't been Kevin Molino, obviously, but um, I like his work rate. He hasn't got. He has actually. He also hasn't gotten a ton of time in the preseason, which I think is deliberate because I think Heath is trying to save his legs and stuff. So. It's t- tough to say exactly what he's trying out, but I, I, honestly, my opinion, I think that he's done a, a lot better, or at least a lot more, in um, distributing the ball or providing assists and support than uh, you would think out of a striker or out of Christian specifically. You know, um, so uh, whoever's scoring the goals, if he's got a work rate and he's a, he's pulling people the way that he is, uh, I think I think that he's doing a good job. And that was yeah, that was my point too when we talk about the the preseason preview or the or sorry the Portland preview. Um, is that Ramirez does better when he has someone to play off of. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the two up top makes a lot more sense, whether it's a 4-4-2, which we probably won't play, or a 3-5-2, which gives us more of, um, of a diamond as well. Um, I Ramirez does better when he has someone to play off of up top sure. and someone to distribute the ball to and who can distribute the ball to him. Like That's why it, uh, Miguel and Christian played so well together, is that they were basically of the same mind. They knew what the other one was doing, you saw like amazing back heels and like just ridiculous crosses that dropped right onto their foot that they, you know, Ramirez would put in. So, I mean, he, he is, if we're playing one person up top, it's Ramirez for me right now. I think we should play two people up top and that might need to go with Venegas over. And I would go with Venegas. Yes. I mean, I I think, I think you keep either Kaji or Ibarra on the wing, but I think you put Venegas up top. Okay. So uh, I want to get I want to go back and forth on this. Uh, we talked about the lineup, and I, I want to talk a little bit about some specific predictions. Okay, and first I'm talking team MVP. Who do you have for the MVP this season? Um, he won't get a lot of credit for it, but it's Francisco Calvo. I think that man is uh, going to be a brute force in defense, <clears throat> and I think we will probably be in the top half of the league in goals conceded in terms of like not letting goals in, which for an expansion team is huge and you just build from the back <clears throat> as we talked about Bruce McBruce McGuire Dunord uh, mentioned multiple times you build from the back and if we can get a good defensive uh, back four we can build from there and we already have a really amazing attack and I think uh, Francisco Calvo will not get the recognition that he deserves but I think he'll be the MVP of the team <clears throat> okay how about you uh- I think he'll do better than Thiago Calvo. Um, <laughs> I have Kevin Molino. Uh, he's he's shown the most in the preseason. I think he has the most talent. He's you just like goals. Goals are sexy. I, I'm, I'm with you. But. Hey, back off. Back off. <laughs> um, breakout star is the next thing I want to talk about. Who is going to be the next Freddie Adu? Who's going to be our breakout star? Next Freddie Adu <clears throat> is going to be Abu Danladi. Um I think that he's going to come in. Like you said, super sub. I think he can play a couple different positions on the on the pitch. And I think he'll score some goals. I think he will probably um, be one of the top three or four goal scorers on the team, even though he won't play as many minutes as sure. most of the other other players. So. Sure. Uh, I, I, I see <coughs> as a breakout star this year, Christian Ramirez. I think Christian is going to show that he belongs here. Uh, and um, I, I think he could, you know, if I had to call it, I'd say eight goals. But I think that we're going to see from him he has the talent to do a lot in the league. 
Okay, right. so let's talk about next prediction. Now, this one is, is a weird one. I just want one left field prediction. Just something random. Could be about anything. Could be just a gut feeling you have. What's a random left field prediction you have for this year? All right. Um, two Minnesota United players are all-stars this year. I meant like a prediction that probably would actually happen, even though it's out of left field. It's still something likely. Two Minnesota United players are all-stars this year. Do you have specific people I in think mind? It's, uh, it's Molino and, Ca- and Calvo. I think you talked about, I think those, those are MVPs of the season. I think will be the best players on this team. And I think um, they will get recognized by, uh, by playing against whatever European team we're going to play against in the all-star game. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, so no, first of all, <laughs> um, and I, I'm that's, sorry. That's not I, how this works. I was just supposed to be a, a homer and just yeah. like my guys. Yeah. Um, there, there are not, I was going to say there's not all-star caliber. Let me say this. Calvo and Molino could be all-star caliber, but there's there's competition for those spots, and I don't see them eclipsing some of that competition. Um, my my Yeah, if you think I'm negative yes. now. If you think I'm negative now, wait, wait. Yeah, just wait for like Yeah, wait for my seconds. actual left field prediction. My, my left field prediction is that we are going to have one major season-ending injury in March. God, you really hate Josh Gatt, don't you? <laughs> I didn't say it was Josh Gatt. Or Jermaine uh, Taylor. You hate both of those guys a lot. Just admit it. So, you know, I wrote that, uh, I wrote uh, a, a similar prediction on, on um, Reddit, and somebody replied to me and said, let's just hope it's Jermaine Taylor. I'm like, God, <laughs> dude, that is real Mary, negative. Yeah, like, divorce your wife and marry that guy. Good. It's gracious. <laughs> you guys are peas in a pod. I guess. Um, so I, what I want now is one off-the-pitch prediction. Nothing to do with actual players and tactics and stuff like that off-the-pitch prediction related to Minnesota United. What do you got? Uh, the question is, what do I hope they do, or what do I want them to do? These I are hope, predictions, I hope not hopes. They do a lot of things. I think they will probably release... Uh, I, I Prediction, they release a third kit mid-year um, that they actually now have been able to like invest some time with Adidas, and they have like an actual third kit before the end of the season. That's my Are you going field. to like it? Is that a prediction? That's not a pr- I'm not predicting not whether far. I like it. I mean, if it has a wing, I probably will enjoy it, but I don't okay. know. We'll see. Fair enough. Uh, my off-the-pitch the prediction is this. Uh, it's kind of specific. I think we're going to average about 18,000 in attendance, which is not great for an expansion team because that first year often draws a lot of interest. I think we're going to average 18,000 in attendance, and I think there's a big opportunity for us to – uh, sell the team in the community, engage in the community, engage better outstate, not just in the uh, Twin Cities area. It's called Greater Minnesota, not outstate. Greater Minnesota, Jesus. Okay, wow. You live in Greater Minnesota. I mean, you basically live in Iowa. I live, I live in Lesser Minnesota. <laughs> um, um, eighteen thousand would actually be double what we were drawing at Blaine the last couple of years. We were in NAS- I'm not saying it's good compared to what we were in NASL. I'm saying is it good compared to what we should be drawing, could be drawing. No, 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 as an no MLS I'm, team. I'm not. I'm not. I was. I was not judging. I was. Yeah, saying, we'll double our. If, you, if you've been to a game at at the Nessie, we at, it was averages about nine thousand people, so like double that. That will f- mostly fill the lower bowl at TCF. Um, will not completely fill the lower bowl at TCF. The I think they're projecting thirty five thousand for the home opener uh, on the twelfth, which would be great. We'll see how the weather holds up for that. Long term, um, but we, you know, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think I think that that actually that number is is probably spot on. Now, whether actually they engage the community, I don't. They have not done a good job so far, and so I'm a little, I'm a Calling little, out. I'm a little less uh, optimistic about that. I hope they're uh, prove me wrong, please. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's never too late either. You know, I mean, just because they haven't done, in my opinion, a great enough job up front. And there's reasons, and they'll tell you that they, they're trying to do something no, they've never done, never done before. They've, they've, they have had limited time, and they've done Bullshit. what they could with limited time. I'm, I'm not here to debate that, but what I will say is this. Whether it's your fault or whether it's not your fault, it's never too late. If they have an incredible mid-season campaign to get people out, that still counts. That still yeah, matters. Absolutely. Uh, find a creative way to make a big splash in the community. That's all there. And just because you didn't get the numbers out of the gate, which would have been ideal, doesn't mean that you can't do it anytime. Yeah, I'm a little... I'm, they've been pretty tone-deaf about all this stuff, though. Like, There's literally people on uh, Twitter... With the hashtag uh, free mar- like Minnesota United free marketing ideas, and like all the ideas that people are putting out are significantly better than everything. Like, then I mean, the scarf thing they've been doing the last you know week or so, it's great, but it's all in Minneapolis and St. Paul, like in the urban cores of Minneapolis and St. Mm-hmm. Paul. Maybe get outside of that, like That's a lot. I mean, it's uh, yes, the majority. Like, I would say. 70, 75% of your um, attendees will come from these areas. But also, also, you need to get out, not even just like, I'm not even saying get to Duluth, although they should go to Duluth, they should go to Rochester, they should go to Mankato. Get out, get into the fucking suburbs. Go to Prior Lake, yeah. Go to, go to Edina. Go, yeah. I mean, literally, that's not even a suburb, really, honestly. Right, right, but like, right. go to Bloomington, go to these other places, and they're not doing that. And like, I have friends on, who work for the team, and love them to death but they're not doing a good job on that anyways I, we, we, that was a huge we digression could, sorry we could talk about it a lot and, <laughs> and I know people within the team and I don't want to be too critical of anybody specifically yeah. I know there are um, infrastructural organizational challenges and there's not like any one person whom we can pin this on but um, I would love organizationally for them to step up do a, a, an incredible community campaign and even if it starts late if it's in May Bring it to us, because we, we we love you. We're recording this podcast because we love you, not because oh, yeah. we're upset about it. Okay, we got man, holy cow, we got to move on. Um, <laughs> I'm never gonna stop talking about this. Um, what, in your opinion, does success look like this year? Expansion team, don't start telling me success looks like a cup. Tell me what success looks like. Success looks like an open cup run. God damn it. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to win the open cup. Um, success, so we, all, we all know that you think sporting Kansas City is going to win all the cups. <laughs> they are going to win all the cups. Uh, mid-table. Um, this is this should be a team that competes. Um, they are probably, I mean, they'll probably be out of it by, you know, beginning of October before the, you know, the last three weeks of the season. Um, but I want this team to be, success to me looks like a competitive mid-table team um, that has solidified nine starters for next year by the end of the year right and then i agree i think this team should definitely invest some resources in the open cup and they should make a run i think you know minimum quarterfinals for the open cup i think we can we can do that um if we lose to a usl or nasl team that's going to be very embarrassing i think minnesota united also probably realizes that so i think they will actually invest resources into the open cup um play the starters you know against the des moines or the whomever comes out of the you know the fourth round of the open cup when we enter in the fifth round sure. so i think quarterfinals uh minimum maybe even semis listen if they make it to the finals of the open cup like put your fucking money in that you win the open cup you get a Concacaf champions league place the next year so yeah i think you invest you, you invest heavily in the open cup and um <clears throat> and uh Hope for like mid table is probably successful for me. Okay, all of that is way too lofty. Uh, I'm so negative. I'm sorry. Um, what for me success looks like this. Um, 
I don't even care what position they finish in this year. I mean, I, mean, I, I care as a fan, but in terms of like, what do I think is going to happen? What would I like to see from a soccer writer kind of perspective? I want to see them emerge with a clear identity. Uh, you know, we know Heath's identity. We know the ways in which he, he has tended to like to play. I want them to emerge with a clear identity, um, a clear sort of tactical vision, and I would like them to, to see them then use the transfer windows to to bolden that identity. Um, and I'm, I'm going to preface what the next question I was, I, I'm going to be the one to lead with the next question, which was, what does failure look like this year? Because it's kind of the mirror image of what I'm talking about mm-hmm. right now. So the next question was, what does failure look like this year? For me, the opposite of that would be whether it's injury or inconsistency, it causes us to do a tactical change every week, a formation swap as we experiment with different things. And by the end of the season, we leave, again, regardless of position, we leave saying, well, what are we going to look like next year? I mean, what what kind of, you know, what, what would the formation be? What would the tactics be? Who's going to be filling those roles? Even if we don't perform well, I'd like to have that figured out so that we can build strategically toward that vision as we do other transfers and stuff. If we don't, we're starting from scratch next year with, you know, what are we going to, who are we going to be for 2018? That would be failure. Agreed. <clears throat> I said that's what my bar, you know, all the, I'm talking like, all the things I talked about were like hugely successful things that we would do. Sure, right? sure. Bar for me is that we need nine starters minimum. Sure. Like we need to know who our starters are, what and and what roles they play, and then we can bolster from there. That's the bar. Um, failure to me is Grant Wall. <laughs> Grant Wall level. Yeah, five Remind five wins. Us the prediction. Word yeah. is like worst team in the history of MLS. I mean, I know Grant probably. Re- like regret saying that just because you know what grant takes a little bit of a hard time because uh, (laughs) yeah he he said this is the kind of thing i'm hearing he didn't say i mean and this was before like this was literally before like we had no players we had no players we literally had zero players don't make a worst team ever (laughs) prediction before you even have players to talk about but again he was saying this is what i'm hearing yeah so i think um failure is pretty much exactly what you said but to me specifically it's it's not having Again, the same that cohesion. Not having nine solid starters, um, I think the goalie may be up in the air depending on how um, or what the um, loan situation is with Alboja and well, sure. Bobby Badman is, you know, the keeper by you know mid- middle of July or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to know what the, the the core of this team is. And if we don't know that, that's failure. And whether that, I mean, this team could end up in the last place. Um, I don't think this team is going to get less than like. 32 points and the western conference is a lot it's it's a lot better than the eastern conference in terms of like just overall um that's changing though it is but these but we have to play these teams a lot more than we have to play the eastern conference the eastern conference beats up on each other like that's why nycfc scored so many goals but also gave up so many goals so um so yeah i mean failure to me is is uh, just a really poor performance especially considering this team needs to build for the next two years like we don't have a stadium of our own right now so in in talking about what you said earlier um in terms of building an audience and community engagement and all that like this team is not at least relatively decent and improving we're gonna lose a lot of momentum that we have theoretically have right now even though we're not actually doing any advertising for this team um (laughs) but we could build up a lot of that like organically through a team that's playing really well, playing in the core of the city on the University of Minnesota campus. We play like shit and people stop coming. That's a problem. 
and hopefully they'll have 11,000 season tickets by the beginning of the year. I don't know if that's going to actually happen. Hopefully they do. But again, that's, you know, this is how you build a team is by playing well. We've seen with the Minnesota Twins. Like, they opened a new stadium. A lot of people came. They stopped winning. And now you can walk into the game for like five bucks. And I, I do not want that for Minnesota United. That's failure. Okay. There's a lot of <laughs> failures there. Um, so I, I want to I end our analysis on this. Your final uh, record for the team and your final position on the table for Minnesota United. Um, 7, 18, and 13. I said that before. 34 points. I think they finished in eighth place. I think they make – I hope they make an open cup run to the semis. Um, but, yeah, eighth place in, uh, in the Western Conference. Um, you know, I didn't even get down into wins and losses, but I said 40 points, which is a more optimistic. Um, that put them I'll, in seventh place on my table. Interestingly, it had them on eighth in mind. So, so although you had 34 points and an eighth place finish in the West, I had 40 points and also an eighth place finish in the West. If that gives you any indication of how we think the table <laughs> is going to shake out, that is what my thought is. Um, Open Cup, you know, I think we beat every team that we played that isn't an MLS team. And when we play MLS competition, I think that's where we lose. That's it. Sorry. What if Very we host negative. that? What if we host one of those games? Like, let's say we host Chicago. Sorry. You don't think we can beat Chicago at home? In, I told you. I think Chicago's in, a fourth place team in this June. Year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, uh, you are. You are. You are much more higher on Chicago I than I am. Know. All right, all right. They're gonna get hot, hot like fire. Let's close this like up. Like a tire fire? Shut up. <laughs> it's time to do uh, a, a bit we call indulge your fantasy. This is the last time that indulge your fantasy is going to be just a placeholder for us. Fantasy is beginning tomorrow. The games are gonna start happening. Get on our league. This is your last chance to join, and if you don't, you're gonna lose out on points. You have to join. You look like you want to jump in here. <laughs> I, I say fantasy happens in my life every day that's right i'm gonna i'm gonna be playing a dual wielding uh battle mage this year in fantasy um I mean, we in like a sex position somewhere yes exactly yes. yeah not not doing his mage or whatever that is <laughs> yeah you don't know dungeons and dragons <laughs> do, as well I as do, I, do. I do i do not know dungeons and dragons at all so. <laughs> um so we have actual prizes it's not pretend you can win 50 dollars in what we call target allocation money which is to say a target gift card not the same as targeted allocation money which is imaginary go to fantasy.mlssoccer.com enter the league code 993470 join the league win money beat us if you can it's going to be amazing and we'll talk about like who's winning the league each week we'll, we'll give and you, we'll give you a yeah. shout out like yeah, if yeah. we know who you are like you'll get like a really awesome shout out on, uh, on the hundreds podcast. of people will hear yeah, you yeah yeah maybe probably 50s of people will hear you 50s of people are gonna hear you <laughs> so we've got a brand new game this year we're gonna transition thank you for your applications uh we're gonna review the applications and we're gonna announce the winner on our next podcast thank you thank you thank you but we've got a brand new game for you guys to play this is the if you'll remember it was about a month ago now two months ago maybe i broke the news on twitter that minot north dakota was going to lobby for a 20,000 seater stadium an nwsl team and a spot in mls um, that's the 20,000 seat stadium is basically the population of Minot. So like, they're, yeah. they're going to pay everybody in Minot to go to. No, they don't the need games. to. Cause everybody's going to go. It's going to be amazing. Oh, okay. so knowing I mean, that this they're is, they're, a, not, they're, not, they're not getting that Soros or Garber bucks to yeah, go up. to soccer matches. Shut up. No, they're getting that, uh, Dakota pipeline. <laughs> no, they, the oh, God so, damn it. <laughs> so, shut up. That's so, bad. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> so 
What they need help with, though, because this team is all but guaranteed to happen, is they need help naming that franchise. So this is your opportunity to name the Minot North Dakota MLS team. I want you to hop on Twitter. I want you to add us, and I want you to use the hashtag, hashtag MLS2, the number two, not the word two, MLS2Minot, M-I-N-O-T, and I want you to tell us what your Minot North Dakota MLS team should be called. The winner which will actually be chosen and actually will become a real MLS team, I'm certain of this, will win $100,000 in targeted allocation money. In, intern Dave picks the winner, so, you know, appeal to Dave's, appeal to intern Dave's Dave. base, uh, which is pretty fucked up. Um, That's but, hashtag MLS2 Minot. Hop on Twitter. Let us know what the team make should sure, be called. Make sure you tag at TDIKMN. That's, that's our, us. That's yeah, because if you don't handle. do that, we're not going to find Yeah, it. we're not going to. We're not We're not actually going to, like, search the hashtags. Like, you have to, like, <laughs> make sure that we see this shit. Help us help so, you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're going to close it up here. I got this. Uh, find us online, davesiknow.com. That is our satire website. A lot of hilarious stuff there. But it's also I'm, where we put the podcasts and a few kind of semi-factual stuff. I'm going to do a, a, a preview for each of the Minnesota United matches, and they're they're gonna be funny, and they might be in haiku form. I I, I felt like I fall in love with the haiku form. So Texas I may, Zeller thinks he's. Gonna I be might funny just. Enough. I'm gonna. I'm a fucking poet, man. <laughs> Head to davesiknow.com to find that kind of content if that's the kind of thing you're into. On Twitter at t d i k m n. That's the Daves I know Minnesota. T d i k m n. Email us your questions at thedavesiknow at gmail.com. We actually included the definite article there, thedavesiknow.com, uh, at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, it's never, it's, it's never going to get fucking We fired, We fired the intern. We're, intern we're gonna, is gone. We're, we're, we're get, we just hired another intern, also named Dave. Yep. He will fix it. Thank God. Um, also related to this, too. <laughs> You're listening to this podcast somehow, if you didn't know how to find it, but you can additionally find it on Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Please hop on there. On Twitter, you can find Zeller at Texas Zeller. Texas Zeller. Texas. Yeah, did I mispronounce that? Yeah, whatever. You son of a bitch. You can find David Martin at Offensive underscore Loons. I'm Offensive Loons fan. I'm Texas Zeller. We have been the Daves You Know. This was the Daves I Know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.